Hey, what's going on? <clears throat> Dr. Drew with the Making Motivation Podcast. My third podcast on January 3rd, 2023. Got a little time today and I'm feeling ambitious having just started the new year. So, had a two, two plus hour dog date. And now I'm heading down do two plus hours down at the gym, get some good exertions going, stop in my office, now that the floor is completely done, they had some finishing touches to put on it uh, this morning, so we got molding, it's going to be fucking clean, it's going to be beautiful, and I'm excited about it. topic that I'd like to discuss. Uh, I ran across this yesterday or over the last couple days. I listened to a podcast with Joe Rogan interviewing John Bernthal. I don't know if you are familiar with him, but if you've, you know, if you've watched any recent series or films, uh, he was his first breakthrough role was on The Walking Dead. So he played this guy, the fuck is his name? Um, uh, it'll come to me. So he was a cop, this gentleman, and he was kind of like a dirty cop, like had the potential to be a dirty cop. And when things went south and the zombie apocalypse broke out, he started, uh, he realized that look, these rules that govern our society, I know we want them to be in place, but they're no longer in place, and it's kind of like a free-for-all. This is like a, you know, they they were struggling to try to figure out, obviously human beings were banding together and stuff to try to make sense of what was going on and to stay alive. But This particular guy, his partner, he thought had died working this, uh, I guess they were outside of Atlanta somewhere. Don't need to tell you the whole freaking uh, Walking Dead deal, but his partner was a little bit more of a straight lacer, always did the right thing, really believed in his job, protect and serve and all that stuff. And. <clears throat> Bernthal's character was kind of like a, a little twinkle in his eye, you know what I mean? Like he he always had, I think he might have been married or had a girlfriend, but he always had all these side chicks. And he would have, if he saw the opportunity for it and deemed it necessary, he would rough up somebody that he was detaining. Shane was his name. So if you remember Shane from The Walking Dead, he was kind of like a real aggressive character. <clears throat> and so, as Rogan is interviewing this guy, and I definitely recommend you listen to it. He did it just over the, the holiday here, so, um, just before Christmas. 
So it's pretty damn good. This guy's got quite the story from being a troubled youth all the way up to you know, getting his first acting gig, people believing in him, getting a break. And then he's basically been famous ever since. He's done a bunch of shit. And he's pretty he's a heavy hitter in Hollywood. And he's also a pretty real and compassionate human being, somebody who is philosophically, morally capable, seemingly, of, um, of seeing both sides of an issue. It's just something that is very rare. You talked a briefly about politics and how, you know, if somebody says, oh, I'm on this side or I'm on that side, how weak that is. You know what I mean? Like the lack of um, flexibility to see both sides of an issue, to try to understand complex issues, to understand that it's most likely, almost always, issues are very complex, man. You can't just simplify them and say, okay, well, this is my side on the issue. That's that's really a lazy person's game. And the campiness and the us against them, he's, he understands that. And uh, an example is his podcast, he's got, um, I guess he grew up in D.C. And he's aware of that there's rough areas in D.C. and some poverty and some, so on and so forth. And he happens to know a guy who was... Uh, like a legendary police officer in that area and he's since retired and then there's another guy who was on the other side of the issue he was a criminal you know drug dealer whatever gangbanger and so he got these two guys together and as he as he relates <clears throat> he, as he suspected these guys kind of finish each other's sentences and laugh at the same shit and, you know, both like to do, they have, they have things in common, you know, besides being on just starkly different sides of, of an issue, you know, and that was just one example of, this, of the podcast he did, I'm going to start listening to his, his podcast more, but he speaks about this one guy, and, and this interested me. The guy's name is Richard McKinney. They call him Mac McKinney. And apparently he served in the Marine Corps for 25 years, was a force recon Marine. Served in Somalia, served in Iraq, and did some terrible things. He had teardrop tattoos, tattoos all over him. Teardrop tattoos on his forearm. Talking about, you know, signifying the all the people that he killed that he knew in that setting in, in those settings over there were Muslim terrorists and so naturally when you're a warrior and you're, you know, your opponent is your foe is identified it's the gloves are off man all's fair in love and war right so as part of a, if he was truly a recon marine force recon no less 
he fucking did some terrible things, man. He got in some battles. He, he's seen, he lost guys. He's seen, uh, seen and done some pretty terrible things for a cause, for a mission, for a purpose. And I've told uh, before, I've discussed how I'm conflicted. You know, part of the reason why I got out in 1997 after serving a mere enlistment, a very powerful experience for me, but in peacetime service and my service thereafter in the National Guard, um, I didn't know, you know the more I, that I learned, the more mature I grew and more educated I became, I'm like, you know what, this is kind of, I was kind of a numb nuts, you know, they always use the analogy, uh, the phrase young, dumb, and full of cum to just to dis- depict the young Marine, especially on Liberty, you know, you get a little time off, what are you doing, you know, you're going to get in a fight, you're going to get drunk, you're going to try to get laid, and that's what we did, man, that was kind of like our method. We were hormonally driven to do that, so, and certainly hormonally driven and kind of politically manipulated, designated as a pawn. We're going to train you to fucking be a killer. We're going to make you part of the best fighting force in the world. If you want to do it, it's going to be hard. I don't know if you can do it. We're going to put you through all this training, give you your outfit, do everything. All you got to do is do your duty. You swear, you know, protect and serve. against, uh, you know, fight against enemies, foreign and domestic, whatever, all that shit. Sign your life away, they called it. Put your hand up, place it on a Bible, whatever. So, this guy, Mac McKinney, uh, recon marine, 25 years in service, he's from now that's his life for twenty for two decades, more than two decades, two and a half. He um, he's from somewhere in Indiana. In Indiana, stereotypically now, bunch of freaking middle America hayseeds, you know, it's country bumpkins, small town USA. That's stereotypically. I, I have family from Indiana, Indianapolis, and I know that there's, just like any place, there's good and bad, kinds of different folks and stuff from Indiana. But some of the guys that I know and served with from Ohio and in Indiana and Iowa and stuff, they were kind of like farm boys, you know? Dressed up in cowboy hats and tight freaking painted on jeans dip can in their back pocket, and they're like country boys, had a ten- tendency to be a little rednecky, so this guy gets out of freaking, you know, basically being a hired killer for two and a half decades, and he goes back to his hometown of Indiana, and he's still seething, like, you know, he's wearing it all over, this, this is his job, is to find and kill terrorists, and he believed that, you know, because his foe over there was all Muslim, 
He believed that Muslims were terrible people. And of course, 9-11 happens not too long after this. And so he was out for blood, man. You'd, you'd see people walking around in burqas, women in burqas, um, people in the store and about town. And he would, well, like, who the fuck are these people? I'm gonna, you know, he was had some encounters and he, he didn't like what he saw. There was a, a, mo- a mosque in town. And he basically devised a plot to blow it up. He was basing his uh, understanding or his lack thereof of these people, this religion, like many Americans did, by the way, on the reality that what we're seeing on TV is exclusively Muslim terrorists doing crazy things. Even shit today, I'm walking on a treadmill at Planet Fitness yesterday and they're talking about this altercation, like three cops got attacked with a machete on New Year's Eve in New York City, not too far from Times Square, so we already think, we already programmed to think that somebody, that Muslims are bad. We are a quote-unquote Christian nation, right? You know me, I don't, I don't subscribe to any particular religion, but I respect them all. Um, I don't think that they're, I don't take them literally. I think anybody who does is a danger to themselves and others, um, potentially. Although much of what religion has to, you know, religious doctrine is peaceful, helpful, useful to human beings going through this life struggling, which we all do. This guy comes back, he sees Muslims in his community, he flashes back to all the, you know, the battles and terrible things he saw overseas, and he plots to blow up this mosque. At one point, he walks into the mosque and he sees all these people, you know, prostrated, you know, bowing forward on their knees during prayer time. He comes in. Folks are nothing but nice to him. This is a 30-minute documentary on YouTube, by the way. Everybody should see it. People were freaking nothing but nice to him. They invite him back. How you doing? Welcome to our, you know, mosque. You know, this is, they gave him a Quran. Said, hey, you have any questions, please come back. They invited him to dinners. They invited him. He had conversations. Basically, the moral of the story is this. The people that greeted him upon his entering this facility, and of course he went in with a chip on his shoulder, thinking this is a bunch of bullshit, and these fuckers are, are potentially, you know, a uh, danger to our our community and they need they must be stopped they turned him around 180 degrees just by showing a little bit of kindness to him and they kept inviting him back and then the woman at the mosque uh, I guess her husband ran it or helped manage it or whatever she invited them to her up to their home. Uh, they told the story about the, the, the owners of the mosque or the you know the founders of the mosque and how they came over decades ago, and the father, the husband became a doctor, family doctor in town, and 
you know, they got a nice house, they've lived the American dream, they love their country, they still practice their religion, which is different from a lot of other people in the area. Right? Again, going back to that Midwest redneck stereotype. Kind of wary of of uh, newcomers. People they don't recognize, people they don't trust. But this woman in particular, his family, they, they took him in, they fed him, they talked with him, they spent time with him, and it's the first time since he got out of the, of the Marine Corps that he felt like he, he was part of something, part of a community. And he, now he's a, he like ran the mosque for, he was the president of the mosque for like two years. He didn't blow anything up. The FBI came to his house and he had already gotten rid of all that stuff and changed his mind. There's another, there's a couple examples of this. There's another guy who's a, a black man, a very freaking articulate, very smart. Um, I don't, I forget what his background was, but he met a, um, somebody who was like a white supremacist. Um, Ku Klux Klan guy somewhere down south and he had a convinced the guy to meet and he talked to him and he you know he he met him where he was at and he they bounced back questions and beliefs and all these things and he ultimately won this guy over he had him quit the freaking Klan Later, he wound up, you know, meeting with, like, a really high-level Klansman in secret and, you know, doing the same thing to him. Doing the same thing to him. I don't know if, I don't know, is it manipulation? Is it just communication? Is communication manipulation? The human element, the you know, showing your humanity, being kind, uh, trying to help people. It's fucking unbelievable, man. I love to hear shit like this because I try to be like this in my life. One of the things that this woman said, uh, she had invited him to a dinner, and the first dinner that he came to their house with, he said. You know, he was asked, are you, are you still planning on blowing up this mosque even at, while you were sharing a meal with him? And she said, he said, yeah. And then slowly but surely they won him over. And now he's like a, he looks over the mosque. takes care of these people, looks out for them. This is like something out of a goddamn movie, man. And it's heartwarming. You know what I was going to say? So the woman, she at some point says, they're talking to her, she said, you know, I think that people 
my religion, you know, speaks to this, but people who don't have their shit together, something like that, people that are struggling, are down and out, that aren't on on the straight and narrow, that are bitter, they actually need our help more than any other, more than the folks that have their shit together. You know, we might be, we might be, feel compelled to be kind, mostly the people who are kind to us, or people that it's easy to be kind to, right? Because they're, they're nice to you, so you reciprocate, you know, and you give up on people who, you know, got a sour look on their face or um, are not open I think that that's a mistake because the people that that are whatever nervous Nellies, negative, downtrodden, they need our kindness. They need our help more than anyone else. And if you if you can re- be there for people like this, reach out to them. Wonderful things are possible. And this uh, this documentary, Stranger at the Gate. I think is really, um, it's really important. I think that everybody should see it and understand it and try to emulate it. 